to glorify. Engage the seer realms. The morning of September 26, 2020, I awoke in the spirit and I decided to ascend upward in an out-of-body experience. This was done by intention as those in Christ have received an open invitation to the heavenlies, our very citizenship residing there per Philippians 3.20. In the book, The Golden Cord, The Prophetic Alchemy of the Lord's Prayer, author Dr. O writes, When we pray, we open up gates and channels for traveling in spiritual dimensions. Ephesians 2.6 reads, And he raised us up together with him and made us sit down together, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the Anointed One. While my spirit ascended, the direction suddenly reversed and my spirit began descending. When this happens, I know the Lord is taking my spirit to hell, though the region of hell varies. My inner man communicated, Lord, I'm only going here if you want me to. I continued descending. After descending for some time, I began audibly hearing what sounded like the growling and barking of demonic dogs, as well as other creatures speaking. My vision remained shut while I listened intently to demons shuffling about. My audible surroundings indicated my location, the abyss. Per Luke 8.31, Revelation 9.1-3, Revelation 11.17, and Revelation 21-3, the abyss, also known as the bottomless pit, is a containment area for evil spirits. The abyss is considered by many Bible scholars to be synonymous with the Greek word Tartarus, referred to as hell in 2 Peter 2.4, where Peter writes, God did not spare his angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. This can be thought of as the deepest region of Hades. Hades is a Greek word for the Hebrew Sheol, which means the place of the dead. It's believed both redeemed and unredeemed spirits were sent here prior to Jesus' crucifixion. After this point, it's determined the righteous began arriving directly into God's presence, known as Abraham's bosom, paradise, or heaven, per Luke 23, 2 Corinthians 5, 8, and Philippians 1, 23. Abraham's bosom is only mentioned once in the Bible in Luke 16, 19-31, where Jesus speaks of Lazarus and the rich man. While some believe this to be a separate entity from heaven, Abraham's bosom was used as a synonym for heaven in the Talmud. Finally, we have the lake of fire known as the second death, where all of Hades will eventually be cast into per Revelation 20.14. Jesus refers to this as Gehenna, which is the Greek for Valley of Hinnom, a physical location south of Jerusalem used as a dump where garbage, dead animals, human bodies, and executed criminals were discarded. In order to consume this, fires burned constantly as the wind wafted the stench into Jerusalem. Dogs would be heard howling, gnashing their teeth as they fought over the maggot-ridden garbage. Jesus used this as a symbol for hell as the people were well familiar with it. This is the place of eternal and conscious torment mentioned in Matthew 25:41, Mark 9:45-46, Luke 16:24, and Revelation 19:20, 20:10, and 14-15. Now that we understand the various regions and names of hell, we can apply this strategically in our warfare. As an aside, do not intentionally translate to hell or the second heavens. Await the invitation of the Lord, lest you bring back critters with you who will seek to destroy your life. In learning to translate or spirit travel, the Lord would shut my vision while engaging my other senses until I reached the destination. While I would hear my surroundings and feel various physical manifestations, such as rushing wind, it wasn't until my arrival that the Lord would open one or both of my eyes in various degrees of clarity. If I chose to open my spiritual eyes, my natural eyes would also open, abruptly ending the translation. 
This held true for any physical movements in the natural. I learned that maintaining physical stillness was imperative to maintaining the translation. Additionally, I'd often experience my spirit depart from my body and travel elsewhere, but my awareness remained entirely in the natural realm. At times, I would feel my spirit physically detach from my body for upwards of 30 minutes. When I brought this up to Michael Van Vlyman, a forerunner in spiritual travel, he stated this was due to inexperience, which I can now testify to be true. Not too long ago, I was traveling upward and felt the Lord was inviting me to open my eyes mid-journey. I did, and I found myself flying through the clouds and arriving in a heavenly realm, overlooking many colorful boats on crystal waters, which carried heavenly resources and giftings. Since then, the clarity of my vision has been fully opened during translations, though I must ask permission to open them while journeying to the destination. Obedience to Holy Spirit's leadings during translation is vital. As you learn to translate, Holy Spirit will teach you various lessons as if He was taking you through a school of the Spirit. With each lesson, your revelation and or abilities will increase. Back in the abyss and recalling this recently unlocked ability, I opened my eyes. Though my eyes smacked open in the natural, my vision was taken over by what my spirit was observing in the abyss. I found myself hanging upside down in a shaft within a realm of utter darkness, my feet fixed to the ceiling of an elevator car as if they were magnetically attached. The only light present was emanating from an explosive contraption I held in my right hand, which I quickly attached to the elevator car ceiling. Suddenly, a large explosion went off and the force of the blow rapidly propelled me downward, the light of the explosion illuminating the dark shaft that enveloped me. The translation ended and I returned to my bedroom, still awake in the spirit, and determined to continue the ascension to the heavenlies. Suddenly, three demonic voices began speaking to me incessantly, like a group of hyperactive kids on a sugar high. It was distracting. When you begin translating, you may encounter interfering demons, and it's not always best to rebuke the spirits as their intention is likely to divert your focus towards them, thereby ending the translation and fulfilling their mission. For John 5.19, only do as the Father shows you. Coming out of the encounter, I wondered what exactly had transpired. Unlike other mission-based translations where I've had control, it was as if my spirit was on autopilot as I observed my actions in first person, senses and awareness engaged. I believe there are two likely explanations. Number one, before sleeping, I'd given my spirit permission to travel and ask the Lord to work through me. Number two, I'd been praying in tongues throughout the night, which is a trigger for translation, and the contents of my prayer may have programmed my spirit to act. This can also happen without one's awareness. Furthermore, I pondered the significance of the shaft. The Lord led me to the following passage, Revelation 9, 1-3. And the fifth angel blew his trumpet, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to earth, and he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. He opened the shaft of the bottomless pit, and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth, and they were given power like the power of scorpions of the earth. In this passage, we see the abyss contain shafts which release evils. Unlike Plato's air teachings, in biblical times it was understood the spiritual had a physicality to it. We see one such example in Genesis 6-4, where the fallen angels impregnated the daughters of man. Genesis 6-4 reads, The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of man, and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. Likewise, in Jude 6, we read the fallen angels are bound by chains referencing the book of Enoch, which he openly states later in the book. Jude 6 reads, 
and the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. Thus, at the very least, we can conclude there are spiritual materials binding spiritual beings, and more accurately, there is a physicality to the spirit which can bind and be bound. As it pertains to the translation, a consequence of destroying a shaft in the abyss is a collapse of that pathway, preventing a certain darkness from being released into the earth. Taking the battle to our adversary by translating to Satan's home turf can wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness. But do we have authority to do this? To determine this, we must establish where the hellish realms are located in the extent of man's authority. Judging by the scriptures, the following four verses among them, it is widely established that hell resides in the depths of the earth. Numbers 16.32 reads, So they and all that belonged to them went down alive into Sheol, and the earth closed over them, and they perished from the midst of the assembly. Psalm 63.9 reads, But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. Matthew 12.40 reads, For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Philippians 2.10 reads, So that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. In page 85 of the best-selling book Beyond Death's Door, author and leading heart specialist Dr. Maurice Rowlings notes patients who survive clinical death describing hell as a place which seems to be underground or within the earth in some way. The European Synchrotron Radiation Facility estimates the center of the earth is 6,000 degrees Celsius, which is hotter than the surface of the sun. Since hell resides in earth, man has authority over hell. For the scriptures read, Genesis 1.26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Psalms 8.6 reads, You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Psalms 115.16 reads, The heavens are the Lord's heavens but the earth he has given to the children of man. Likewise, Jesus tells us in Luke 10:19, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. While our authority over hell does not permit or enable us to oppose the finality of judgment, that is, to lessen eternal unconscious torment or to save sinners residing in hell from hell, it does empower us to alter the landscape of certain regions, such as the abyss confusing and destroying the plans and powers of darkness. Matthew provides us a key for bringing destruction to the adversary's camp. Matthew 18.18 reads, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. More precisely, the Amplified Classic reads, Truly I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. Thus, since it is forbidden in heaven for certain darkness to be released, we can confidently bind these evils from escaping the abyss. In recognizing our authority over hell and all the power of the enemy, we can exercise the principle of binding and loosing to wreak destruction on enemy territory via faith-filled intercession, declaration, translation, and other means as the Spirit leads. How much more would you pray if you could witness the results, mighty one? In all of this, it is essential we heed the words of Jesus and abide in the will of the Father, only doing as he instructs us, per John 5.19. Picking fights in hell just because we can is unwise. Rather, with this revelation impart the knowledge that your prayers and spiritual actions alter the very landscape of the abyss, destroying the plans of the enemy and preventing great evils. 
Likewise, do not fear if the Lord carries your spirit to the depths of the earth. He is purposeful, he is with you, and there is kingdom work to be done. Before you sleep, offer up your spirit to the Lord to carry out his will and works. He is looking for willing vessels to partner with him. And finally, remember, do not travel to the hellish realms by intention. Await invitation by the Lord and the covering that accompanies it. Visit livetoglorify.com for more prophetic dreams and free trainings to engage the seer realms.